Yeah. Speaking of. Love Island. <laughs> we just watched episode 16, didn't we, Sammy? Yeah. <clears throat> the theme of this episode seemed to just be couples fighting it out. The cracks that are appearing. Seriously. Oh, my God, there's so much in this episode. I think there was a lot of Scott and Katie. Scott and Katie fighting, fighting, fighting. A lot of Marlon and Terry fighting, falling out of love. Falling out of love. Um, and then... Um, and then, like, Sophie and Sophie Painted and Tom. Egg Tom. Yeah. Tom Painted Egg. Mm-hmm. Trying to pretend, pretend, mutually pretending that they're, that they're in love, but they're not. They're really, like... They have these conversations where it just very much seems as if it's all over. Yeah. Oh, l'chaim. L'chaim. Um, And then uh, the next shot is of Sophie asking her mother mm. if she thinks Tom is great. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. For, for our listeners, the contestants play a game where the, they're all coupled up for better or worse. <laughs> Some of them are like... Actually, sexually and romantically connected. Others are by default coupled up. Anyway, there is a game that's set for them. Later on, Islanders, you will be tested on knowledge of your partner's lives outside of the villa. Is that good? Yeah, I, I never do good. accents. Was that all right? No, that was good. Great. And so then the they villa. sort of they did this like they like had this edited yeah. little rundown of all the couples sitting privately testing each other on their knowledge mm-hmm. of of themselves. With these serious faces on, Kara's like, "All right, what's your what's your biggest turn on?" Nathan immediately is like, "Talking dirty," <laughs> and she was like, he, "He was like," um, and she was like, "All right, what's my biggest achievement?" He was like, "Playboy," and then they high five. <laughs> <laughs> and then we looked up Kara's Playboy photos. Oh, yeah, we did, we did, we did. Tell us about them. No, you tell the no. listeners. No, no. It's the I can't. She's beautiful. Decorum she's flows towards you to tell us about she's those full photos. Nude. Like I haven't looked at like print media pornography since I was a preteen, and so tell us about her nude body. Oh, it's just really gorgeous. She's a gorgeous individual. Is there anything um, particular you want to talk about? No, it was just um, totally gorgeous, like all bodies. There's nothing that there <laughs> that you wanted to discuss. Um, no, it's nothing that I noticed at all. Oh, good. Well, um, because all bodies are beautiful. It's true, and there's not anything that you thought was notable. She I'm had a beautiful asking. Audi vagina. <laughs> it was just right there in Playboy, and it seemed like they'd done some airbrushing, but of the labia majora. Yeah, that they they'd airbrushed. I think that was the thing I was referring to. <laughs> that they'd airbrushed off her labia they'd, majora. They'd airbrushed out the outer lips <laughs> to. To reveal more intensely the inner lips. Anyway, what? But we, I didn't ask you this before. What, what are they getting at? It was. It is a it's good looking. Gorgeous. I don't know. I love to see it. I love to see it. It was no. But why are they brushing off the? What could have the outer lips shown us that they didn't want us to see, or that they didn't think we wanted to see? I don't know. I, I can't think of it either. I don't know what how they prescribe. Male desire anymore? Like, what are they trying to get at? Because interestingly, like, when we should look into this, because I remember reading about 
Australian censorship laws when it comes mm. to pornography that the inner labia is what's pornographic and so they airbrush it out, uh, which is it's crazy know, plays because this like part the, isn't in this it sinister the, like the majority of women's inner labia would be visible uh, in many different yes, views of the right. vagina, but it becomes less obscene if you take out the inner labia, which is just, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. It's like you can't make this shit up in terms of misogyny. Yeah, but are they say? But is that because it's only the mons pubis that's supposed to be shown in like softcore porn, right? And a slit. So the slit is allowed. Yes, but no inner lips. Right. So they airbrush <laughs> that out, uh, and then that's so know, ridiculous. Generations of women. That's like that um, mutants. like the way that the Middle East was carved up after after World War One. You want to talk about strips? Because the guys are strips. I'm just talking about <laughs> arbitrary boundaries. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. The inner labia is like the West Bank. I want to give it credit and then try and work it out. Because why? Why? I can. I'm just going to go there. I can understand more readily that the hard penis is more hardcore than the soft penis. Mm-hmm. Like to see a flaccid cock on like SBS at 11 p.m. is not as big a deal as seeing as a hard as seeing the hard cock. But yeah, now, because we associate hard cocks with pornography. Sure, and yeah, and sexu- when else like, do we I mean, see sexual it? excitation yes. in general. Let's say because that's like marks the boundary between something else and pornography. Yep, a yeah, a biological body and a sexually aroused. Yeah, I don't not gonna like credit it all the way, but I'll just say I feel more. I can more readily accept that than like the difference between the labia majora and the labia minora. Mm. That's getting into some small difference mm. shit. But I want to know what the difference is. Can you think of it as a as a labia as a labia haver? No, but why are men making the rule? Why, why are men making that rule? Is what I'm asking. Because I don't know. I, I don't know the answer, but I can understand. As a I man, can, I don't know the answer. Yeah, to this I can. One. I can see why the inner labia are like. That's like full bodily. You know, that's like. Maybe to the man who's terrified of women. Yeah. That's like body horror right there. <laughs> and, like, and 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 when why you remove that, that yeah, but like it, the, you don't see the opening, you just see this like slit. Do it's you like think it's because suggestion of an orifice? Because why does body horror even emerge, which I would say is something to do with the uncanny? Mm. And it's like, oh, because okay, the labia majora signify the presence of something without showing it. Yes. Then the labia minora do the same, but um, we know that the next step after the labia minora is the actual vagina, which is a void. It's not a positive quantity. Yeah. The vagina is whole. The menorah is a positive whole with an H. Yes. Huh. The menorah the majora The menorah. Uh, <laughs> menorah. 
And the Majora is a, um, <laughs> that's one for our Yiddish friends, is um, a positive quantity. And then the menorah is it, as well. But at, then it hints at the abyss. The abyss is beyond mm. that. And like the, the truth of castration mm. is beyond mm. the menorah. Like, because. Yes, you and I readily accept in an aesthetic sense that there's some difference between the menorah and the majora, but I'm trying to work out where did our ready acceptance of that even come from unconsciously in the first place. Mm. And it's like that thing. Well, I, I know that for me, simply because it's manufactured, like I was raised on late, late, like, you know, contemporary pornography. Yeah, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to say why were you indoctrinated in that way? Why was I and you? Because I would say why, why, yeah, like why were we exposed to that? Or no, no, why no, like, was that what we were seeing? Why were we? Why did we participate in a cultural structure that brought us to this point where we go? Oh yeah, I can see how the minora, like they're a bit more like inside. They're a bit more like a part yeah, of I know, it. I know. I mean, we talked about this before. Like tr- tragically. So many women are self-conscious about their vaginas. Yes. Yeah. And I would say it's usually the insecurity is attached to the labia minora. Yeah. Yeah. Then the majora. Yeah. And I'm still trying to work out where that comes mm. from. No, like as a, as a structure that implicates all of us men and women. Mm. And, I, and, I, and, I, and I think that that might, might be part of it. Mm. Is it the it, abyss. Like. It's it's closer to who the was abyss. it that said beauty is the last veil of the terrible? Oh. yes, who did say that? Google. Yeah, find that out. Because I think that's the thing is that like okay, uh, we know that the majora are not the last veil. No. Of the place where we came from. No. And that's why the menorah are not allowed to be shown. And maybe that's why um, in Kara's photos we can only see the left side. <laughs> only the left lip is visible. That's not true. They were squished together. You don't quite know where the left and the right were beginning. Well, they were squished anything. together and skewed to the left then. Yeah, but there was a lot of airbrushing going on around that. But fascinatingly, yes, they seem to have airbrushed the majora out. It's so weird. That, like there was nothing. That's what that, but that's why I'm befuddled. It was refreshing. It's a start. It's a start, but why airbrush anything out? I, there? I know it's terrible, but the menorah, the menorah, it was out and about. <laughs> it was out and proud, and I loved it. Yeah, I'm just gonna say. I don't know the particular. <laughs> loved it, Kara. I didn't realize that there was this. I really didn't realize as much. I'm beginning to realize, You'll but I didn't notice. realize there was so much like um, anti. Labia menorah. I don't. I can't remember when I last saw one. Oh, really? That's what I look for. Do you type it in? Awesome labia menorah. (laughs) Healthy labia (laughs) menorah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Uh, Yeah, you've been on my fucking. I thought I was typing that in an incognito window. I felt like I was betraying our favourite 
Nathan and Kara by talking about this Playboy shoot that oh, she'd done. Sorry, but in Nathan. Fact, sorry, Kara. No, but in but fact, we, she was like, what's my greatest achievement? He was like, Playboy. And then they high-fived. So Kara, you on. look incredible. You look absolutely And beautiful. all of this like anatomical absolutely discussion we're having it. is just us wanking around. Don't even listen to us. No, but also they. she's proud and also love her partner, Nathan, for being like, yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nathan's a good boy. Whereas, you know, Sophie and Painted Egg Tom, Sophie clearly feels so like muzzled and restrained by his love. She can't say what she wants. She can't do what she wants. No, I can't find it. Oh. I mean, I just found something in yeah, it's a shame. In favor of the burqa. The male gaze is evil oppression. The veil is liberating. The veil is liberating. That's the thing, though. The veil is not. It's interesting that the veil is not the veil of the last veil of the horrible. The veil is ordinarily used in order to obscure the beautiful. Beauty, yeah. Oh, I'm too drunk for this one. Are you? Just for like <laughs> trying to wrangle that <laughs> mathematically. <laughs> I feel like I'm just making a stoned comment. But the veil is <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> so we got onto something interesting because we were watching the all of the all of the hetero couples are fighting in the house and then of course they faction off into women and men. They're talking about their fights. Mm-hmm. And the women are like, God, the men are just being really emotional and very moody. It's quite difficult. They're being mm, very difficult. New? And then the, the men were like um, you know, oh, the women are being crazy, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think it was Scott who is clearly the difficult one in their relationship, although Katie's Disagree. No, I think Katie's they're no equally walk on, dis- walk in difficult. The park, it's yeah. true. But, I mean, Scott has so many issues that play out without his, like, awareness. Absolutely. Yes. And he's like – and, and it, the way that they were talking about it, he's like, you know, I I love her – I'm reasonable and they're just being ridiculous and all the men. And I realised, Sam, that these men, perhaps more men than just the ones that we're viewing on Love Island, they've they've sort of get to act under this naive assumption, this this fallacy that they don't themselves have an unconscious. Whereas I, I whereas I think women, they know how to second guess themselves. Yeah, and they do. Yeah. I know, I thought that, uh, you said that while we were watching and I was like, fuck, that's true. It's true. These guys talk as if they're transparent to themselves. Yes, and to others, exactly. And they're just not. They're not. (laughs) And the women don't talk like that. No. Like they're, I mean, I I don't want to like idealise women either. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. they're all obscure to themselves and they're all difficult people, but... Uh, but the chicks were talking in a way mm. that did like incorporate an amount of doubt about their own intentions yes. and like yes. um, like value the notion of self-sabotage, for instance. Yes. Whereas the men just do not. They don't. Do not. And they act, they, they, they act against their best wishes and their own desires mm. all the time mm-hmm. but have no... They don't seem to view that in themselves. And I think women women are trained 
to think that they're being unreasonable all the time. Mm. So they've developed. No, the men must view that in themselves. Do you think? It just doesn't enter their discourse. Yes, maybe. They're not or talking their conscious about mind. it. Sure. Or yeah, but I feel like it must be in their conscious mind. Even like their internal monologue would still be like full of doubt. Yeah. Surely they can't be. I mean, I can't read their minds. But I don't know, but remember Nathan was like, you will never get inside a woman's head. And they were like, yeah. But that's also like a true statement. Yeah. But what they're saying there is like, I myself don't have a mind that can or should be gotten into. That women have these layers. <laughs> Do you think he's saying that? Do you think he's saying you'll never get in a woman's head, but she'll get in yours? Yeah, I reckon because we're right. an open book. We're an open book because everything we do, we do is sort of connected to a motivation that's very clear and transparent. Mm. But women are multifaceted, therefore manipulative, confusing. Mm. Yeah, they don't, they don't think they themselves are confusing. And they don't think they are. They think that they're acting. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's true. <laughs> And they, they they pretend that they don't have just got demons that are that are pulling strings beyond their awareness. Mm. And this is what Scott was saying, and this is how they like talk themselves up and to the boys to sort of make sense of their arguments. But it's with funny because Scott has been insightful about himself at times, saying, um, you know, saying what he can and can't tolerate. Let's say his only insight is about his inability his own to defenses. have insight. Yeah, 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 yeah. sure. Yeah, we've covered that. Yeah. I think and yes, but the fact that he's able to say like, oh, there's this domain in which I'm a prisoner to my emotions. There's this area where I can't do any better than that. Mm. But for him to not then also posit the unconscious at that moment mm. and say, oh, well, that must come from somewhere. Or, yeah, I think I get fucked up when this happens. I yeah. don't know why, but something, you yeah. know, I get triggered like this. Or exactly. Yeah. Is, I mean... I'm not sure that that's only hap- like that might be foreclosed from his in in a monologue, mm. even from his conscious inner monologue. Mm. Uh, in which case, yeah, like he's got to get therapy, I or know. Scott <laughs> does, yeah, or um, or he's suffering all that internally, mm. but he can't say it to his boys. Yeah, I don't know which one. Yes. It is. Have to interview Scott. He might not have come to the words, but he still feels the pain that's resultant. Yeah, yeah. he can see that there's these like yeah. black holes in his abilities. Yeah, yeah, and that he gets worked up, and that he can't move beyond his like laddish responses. Yeah. Should we go through some of the um, some of the like, but I do think there might. Anyway, that's the thing to think okay. about. I think. I mean, I'm making broad generalizations about men here, but like, <clears throat> maybe it's just one way of understanding a certain type of person compared to another beyond gender. But like, yeah, there's a certain person who refu- There's such a defense at acknowledging the existence of the unconscious that means that sometimes it's difficult to work through. What goes through his head Hiccups then? or fights or whatever it might be. Do you think he's just got that Homer Simpson thing in his head? Da, oh, na, yeah. na, na, na. Like hey. a bear on a bike. Yeah. Yeah. What else? Like what, yeah, when he walks true. into a room, what I else is going? I want some peanuts. Hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is it wine? 
<laughs> I don't know what's going through his head. You're right. It might just be emotion, emotion, emotion. Yeah. I feel pissed off now. I, you know, Katie's making me feel like a mug. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But like the way the men talk that is that all the women have all their emotions mm. for them and the women have all their unconscious motives mm. for them. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And they don't have any. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Tom slept with 350 people. That's either some bullshit or like very sick. We did some quick maths. It's really... One new person. Well, I'm guessing he's probably around 25, but I could be a few years off there. Yeah. One new person a week. Well, that's... Do you know how Seven many people years. on Reddit are going to be upset you don't know his exact age? I know, I know. I should know Tom Painted Egg's age. But that's se- seven years of... He's of younger than Sophie. F- fucking... And, oh, yeah. Everyone's younger than Sophie. <laughs> no, no. That's not a joke. No, no. <laughs> I'm younger than Sophie. Um, one person a week. That's like seven... Approximately seven years. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I was I was working on a whole year. I was working on a working year, (laughs) so that's only a forty-week year. Yeah, I love how you get twelve weeks off in your working year. No, but that's like with all of the different public holidays and Uh, still, that's it's a good year. Forty weeks of work as opposed to fifty-two. Yeah, six weeks are like. Fuck, I don't know. It's up to the employer, yeah. but the, the like workplace relations laws is that we get four and I think there's an additional two for sick leave. Right. But nevertheless, if he's fucking the whole way through. Yeah, it's a, it's a job. I mean, you really... And so it's, it's come up a number of times in the show that he's, he's had sex with 350 different partners. I mean, ha- how... Like, what is that? Because you really have to be dedicating your life to the acquiring. Mm. The getting of. The getting of and completing this task. Mm. It's just so much. Like it's so much energy and focus and determination is going into that. Clearly to defend against avoiding something else. What okay? If we're going to do a wild speculation about Tom, what in his case mm. is he trying to avoid? Do we know anything about his family? No, but we do know that he's an absolute beefcake, and he's on the juice. So he's he's roided up. Mm. He's he's made himself a hulk of a man, mm-hmm. and he's made it his task to sleep with three hundred and fifty women. Mm-hmm. Gay. <laughs> Case closed. Yeah. Case closed. Mm. Wants to fuck a man. Mm. Um, I loved what you said once last year when we were watching another season of Love Island. And I think we were talking about how one man seemed closeted because he'd slept with so many women. Yeah. You were like, look, Dad, look how many times I wasn't gay. <laughs> <laughs> Which I just loved. Uh, <laughs> That was Matt Zukowski. Yes. Because <laughs> he'd also he was also on about how he's a world champion shagger. Oh God. 
And he's like, yeah. It was a lot of a lot of people. I can't remember his number. But we see how how there's a desperation in him to receive Sophie's love. Mm-hmm. He puts a lot of pressure on her. He really wants to be in a loving, yeah, all-consuming embrace of a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I mean, is it is it fair to speculate that maybe his sexual mm-hmm. endeavors are a failed or t- attempt at, at receiving this love that he clearly wants so much. I mean, they must be connected. Oh, yeah. So do you think he was really trying all of those 350 times? Maybe. Like, this one. <laughs> this one. Wow. Yeah. And that would explain some of the difficulties those two have had because he's being forced to be with someone for longer than, like, 20 minutes. Yeah. Because, I mean, think about the schedule he's got to keep to fuck 350 yeah. people in He'd five, be looking at his between watch five a lot. and seven years. Yeah. Unless he started having sex when he's like 11, in which Possibly. case we can get more years in he's there. He's Welsh, I'm not sure. But even then, an 11 year old's not going to be getting pussy every weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're around a lot of people a lot of the time when you're that age, though, so maybe True. it's possible. True. I mean, if he was abused solidly through his entire <gasps> like childhood mm. and he was counting those in his numbers, by different people. Oh, Sam, no. Abuse. That's something we'll have to talk about soon because your dear friend messaged you and said, I've been watching. Yes. We better get onto that. We should time. get on. I mean, we're going to have to watch a bit more to get onto that person because um, she was talking about Adam. But I mean, <laughs> we've got our own ideas about the trauma. I mean, the we were talking about Scott because we don't, we haven't seen enough of Adam yet. Your friend had watched the whole season. Yeah. Please, uh, listeners, if you please, if you're wildly speculating about Islanders, text us at home. Please text us your ideas, um, mm. because that will be fruitful. Yeah. And we so we don't know much about Adam, but I mean Scott, who I think is. Like you said it, it's harsh. I, I see his his hidden pains, but he's a bit of a dog of a man, and there's something there's something that's he is. To me but we, trauma, I, I mean, I, I don't want to, you know, you know, I don't want to stop at saying he's a dog of a man and just leave it at that. I mean, he's a dog of a man, and we should try and work out why. Mm-hmm. Um, let's. Where are you going? Jewel, TM. So, on the topic of Adam, because well, we don't know much about him yet, but let's put it out there. And he's the new guy, by the way, guys. Yeah, he's in. If anybody's been watching, he's a new guy. He came in like a few episodes ago and he at first wooed Olivia and then was with Olivia. She wasn't interested, and then she was interested until the coupling up ceremony. And then, as soon as she got immunity and was coupled up, oh, yeah, she dropped him. Um, okay, here's the here's the text. What's your take on Adam on season two of Love Island? My brother and I think he may have been abused as a child because he seems to dissociate and not welcome oh. affection or express it. Oh, okay. This is, of course, total fantasy, but just curious if you see it. Well, we haven't seen it yet. He is like quite a reserved man. Yeah. Uh, but he likes big breasts. He, he keeps saying big bangers, big he bangers. said. Big bangers. That was straight after the other one where, um, what what most turns you on, Naif? Oh, yeah, Naif. Talking talk talk dirty. dirty. And then straight after that, 
big bang ads. <laughs> they just cut to Adam. From Adam. It was a piece of excellent editing. And Olivia was listening. He was talking to Olivia and he was like, big bangers. And she was just stone faced. She's got big bangers. Yeah. But she was like, I don't care, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he, was, he thought he was like making a joke. but Yeah. And she was like, oh, no. I'm going to look over here now. Yeah. Um, oh, so one thing I wanted to talk about mm, just quickly mm. because Tewi mm. and Marlon. Oh, Tell. Tell. Yeah. They're in a terrible place. Marlon, Marlon is attached. Yeah. And Tewi seemed to be so very attached in the first couple of weeks. He was so into it. Mm. He dumped Olivia for her. He was all about her. He was like, I've never felt this way before. Really serious, talking a big game mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. Marlon. But now it seems to be faltering. He, they had like a fight that literally went for about 48 hours because he'd made them a midnight snack and she'd cut it up with a knife and fork and he was upset about Toasty it. Toastygate. Yeah, Toastygate. He, cut, he exactly. made a cheese toasty cheese sandwich toasty and she cut it up into bits. And literally this fight went on forever and he was trying to involve everyone but behind his back everyone was like, Tewi's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and anyway, so then he was like. Tewi's crazy. <laughs> And then he was like, they, they're trying to nut it out and he was like, I think we spend too much time together. We've got to try and like, you know, it's too intense and the girls were trying to tell Marlon separately like, you know, you've got to have a few hours in the day where you're not together so he can want you and miss you mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. And they're trying to figure that out because it looks like Terry's falling out of love. Something's happened. I don't know whether it's because he's gone off her mm. or if. He's gone off it. Like he's ne- he can never go that far into love. Yeah. Something always falters at that point. And I can't quite tell because he did genuinely love her at the beginning. I know, but like on a week's info or on I less. Um, did he get to know her too well or did he just get into it too deep? Yeah, do you think that happens? Do you think that there are people who just can't go any further or do you think there's people who just have like very narrow... How do you go from such strong? Like I understand, sort of. Mm, I'll see how it goes. Mm. I quite like them. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some ambivalence, but I'll keep going. Like I get that, but can you go from from like one or two weeks into the next? You know, the first week he was sort of into her and chasing her, and they were with other people. He got they got each other. He was totally into it, and now he seems to have just sort of gone off it. Well. Or going on. I'm it. doing it with my hands, but it's Terry and this is Marlon. Mm. He's like, um, oh. <laughs> Wait, is that Terry? That's Terry. Yeah. That's Marlon. Yeah. Love you so much. I love you too. Mm-mm. And then, like, they spend a week mm. really getting off on, like, this extreme affinity they have for each other mm. based on, like, whatever, a first glance. And also based on. The fact that they were taken by other people at first. Yes. So they've just got, oh, you're taken by other people, you look the right way mm. and um, you want me and I want you. Mm. And then like it, like, how many weeks can you dine out on just mm. this mutual wanting before there has to be like some exchange of substance? <laughs> some injection of personality. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's – and then they get yes. to that point. They're like, okay, I'm bored of just saying I love you, you yes. love me, I love you, you love me, I love you, you love me. And then they're like, okay, you got anything you else to talk this? about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then – and he's like, fuck you for fucking 
chopping up my toasted sandwich, you cunt. Yes. And then she's and yes. then she's like, but I love you. And and also don't be so crazy. I just chopped up some bread. Yes. But the weird thing is that even after he behaved like a wild man, mm. she was still the more into it. Yes. Yeah, that's true. She wasn't just like, you're being crazy. Do you Kelly. think in some way he did that for her then? Like, please go off me. Uh, whoopsies. Uh, either please go off me or like um, in some way he thought that she desire he that she desires someone who acts like that, like who's like snappy and irrational. And that maybe he was trying to create some drama. Yeah, create some drama or just be what she wants in some way. It's speculative, but just like mm. just be like, I do don't you, know. Do you want me to have some beef with you? Yeah. I will sort of thing. Yeah, because I can't hold up yes. a conversation otherwise. <laughs> well, we talked about this. Terry has no personality. None. Like even Scott's got a personality based on his pathos. Yeah. Terry's just like very thin on the ground. Yeah, he seems kind. He seems to be able to like talk things through with other people mm. at a superficial level. Mm. Like mm. he seems like a bit of a good bloke. Yeah, he seems like a fair yeah. a fair bloke. But that's it. Yeah. Yeah. But and I think he's also just going to do whatever he wants. And I reckon Marlon and then, but I don't think, look, look, there is a possibility that he's not off it, remember, because they were sitting around the table mm-hmm. after this game of do you know your partner well? Yeah. And <clears throat> Terry refuses to tell anyone in the house how many people he slept with. Yeah. And um, Marlon sort of wants to know, it's like a bit of a red flag, why won't he tell me how many people he slept with? And he said to the guys... Away from the group. Oh, you know, Marlon, she's so reserved. It's I don't want to just lay that on her. Like uh, when she's fully hooked, when she's fully obsessed and in love no, with that, me, that, I'll tell her. That fully, the fully hooked thing he said to like in the diary room. Yes, that's right. But sep- so yeah, he, he was said, saying it with like tongue in cheek because he was right. like, I'm, he's saying it to Britney. But that's saying, the truth. The diary room is oh, the truth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, he's, he's telling the truth but just in a smug voice so that it was a bit more palatable. But he's like, yeah, when she's trapped. Yes, when she's trapped. That's right. I'll, um, I'll let her know the number. So there is some fear that she might be turned off by finding out this number. He is protecting himself. I think he's, there's maybe also some fear that she'll be turned on by the number. Oh, well, that's that, – okay, so that's in the – you're on the side there of his offered. Because when they were sitting around as a full house mm. – and Scott said, oh, Sophie and Tom, you won the game. You know each other well. You seem to have quite a sexual relationship. And Tom was like, yeah, that's right. And Sophie was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we fucked in a cupboard, Yeah, we bitch. fucked all the time. <laughs> and then um, Terry sort of, I don't know, in this moment of uncensored honesty, he just said quite casually but to the whole group, um, Marlon won't – we don't touch on anything sexual. He said know? we don't touch base on anything sexual. We don't touch sexual. base on anything sexual. It's a sexual. very tortured construction really. It is. He said we – oh, that's funny because we don't touch, touch base, base on anything sexual. Which – It sounds like – because <clears throat> touch base <clears throat> – once that he's not touched. I once had an intern who told me that her father used to, was a business guy. Oh, business guy. Business At the business man. factory. Yeah, he mm. worked in the business. He's cranking out documents. Yeah, he did a business. And um, and like 
ever since she'd moved out of home, when she spoke to him, uh, he would say things like, it's good to touch base. <laughs> And like speak to her in business speak. The the emailification of his family, familial relationship. But it had only happened after she'd moved out of home. But like after she moved out of home, (laughs) she became like his colleague. Oh, exactly. (laughs) But also, but but the point I made, and I think because (laughs) she already knew that she had a Freudian registrar, you know, Mm. this is like 10 years ago. Mm. Um, she was telling me this because she probably wanted me to make the interpretation that touch base sounds like an incestuous euphemism in that context. Is that what you said to her? Yeah. Your dad wants to touch your hiney. Touch base? Come on. <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Fuck. But does that mean that every colleague that you get that, that email from wants to touch your hiney? No, not every colleague, but it's, this is a daddy and a daughter. Hey, Mitro. Who's Mitro? <laughs> the intern. Oh, hi, Mitro. <laughs> Cracked that nut. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. No, she was only offering it in that playful spirit. Because yes. She knew. What do you think about this? Touch base. Yeah. Ooh. Touching base. I only I only, I only touch base with very good friends. I, isn't it funny touching base? It's like mm. there's another sexualized baseball euphemism. Why is the world full of it? We don't even play baseball in this country. I played baseball when I was a kid. Did you play softball, t-ball? For t-ball, then baseball. Uh, okay, yeah, but yeah. nevertheless, mm. first base, second base, third base, touching base. Yeah, it's a lot of base talk. On base. What's on For base? When you're. Sticking it in. No, when you're standing on the bat. Oh, what's the euphemism <laughs> yeah. for on base? No. <laughs> I don't I don't just care for you to tell me what baseball terms mean. <laughs> Shortstop. <laughs> left field. You got the pitcher. <laughs> um You got the ref. Yeah, touching base. Touching base. And then the base system. Yeah, which and the base is system. different. There's house rules on the base system. They're always different. Yeah. Did we we went over this one time? Yeah. But I don't. I think first base is um, anal sex and home base is talking. Yes, I agree. First base is anal sex. Second base is a threesome with the twin. (laughs) (laughs) There must be a twin for you to get to second base. (laughs) With the twin. (laughs) Yeah. And then... um, Third base? Third base, two generations. <laughs> so that's son and father or daughter and mother. Yeah, or grandmother and daughter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can Granddaughter and grandmother, yep. yeah. Yeah, yeah, But it's interesting. You can't go mother and grandmother because then you where's the actual <laughs> <laughs> index case for this well, sexual you've sequence? You've been flirting with this gal. <laughs> and you you just don't go there. You don't go to any bases with her. But... <laughs> You do with the mum and the grandma. You're just going through her to get to the mother. <laughs> and grandma. And grandmother. And then what? Home base talking. Still talking, yeah. yeah. Home base is open conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Being vulnerable with each exactly. other. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Scott. Yeah. That's right. I wonder how many, what's Scott's number? Yeah. Do we know? 
I think it's fewer. I reckon Scott's like a serial monogamist. No, he doesn't know how no? to have a relationship. Oh, okay. He said, out of the house, I've never told a woman how I feel. Hmm. That doesn't preclude him from having a relationship, but yeah, you're he right. He talked about like being a lad. He also he also seemed to imply loosely in conversation, in an argument with Katie that he was an alcoholic. He was like... I'm a party boy. I'm a party boy. Like she was diffi- on his back is, for having difficult for two me. I wines. Think he, yeah, I think he was sort of saying like you don't you don't know. Yeah, we're not allowed to drink very much alcohol in this house, and it's difficult for me. You don't understand. But I, I don't. Sort of saying that's possible, and then uh, or even probable because you know he's trying to manage like his massive anxieties yes. by drinking in yes. pu- in like in social so situations. Anxious. Yeah. Yes. But it could also be that, like, he feels like he's been mugged off by her and that he's, like, um, emasculated by her Mm. and he wants to protest loudly Mm. about, like, his masculine qualities, one of which is drinking Uh, too much. Okay. I think that was an advertisement. Yeah. I think it's possible. I mean, it could be both. Mm. It could be the the truth that he needs to drink more in order to fix Mm. his anxiety and that also he wants to say, I'm a real man. I drink piss. Mm. I've I've been known to beat a woman. Yeah, or yeah, I get around. Yeah, I get around. I'm not there in the morning, blah, blah, blah. This seems to be what he's sort of – he doesn't do it fully. It's not not like completely without perspective. Like there's such a darkness to Scott. (laughs) It's – he's so dark to me. There's fear Me in too. his eyes. Me too. Yeah. Oh, he's afraid all yeah, the time. Yeah, he's afraid all the time. And he has, bless him, he has expressed at least a little bit his terror of being vulnerable. Oh, mm. Scott, what happened to you? Yeah, we're going to have to do a bit more of a deep dive into Scott. It's a, it's a, I wonder what's happening with him because why isn't he not dead? Yeah. Well, I mean, he's, he's pretty well guarded. Sophie's very far from herself. She's so far from herself in this house. Whereas I guess Scott is not so far from himself mm. right now. He's not having a good time. But he's closer to the edge of But himself. he does really love Katie mm. or really want Katie mm. or whatever it is. Mm. He would have to be the one to tell us what the emotion is. But his affinity for Katie is very great and yeah. he is chasing after her and he doesn't seem as far from himself as Sophie does yeah. right now. But I want to just say quickly, but when there's other Scott. stuff to go on, but like with this Tewi and Marlon thing when it's like, okay, we're just going to, we need some space. We need to separate slightly. Is it possible, Sam, can you de-escalate a relationship mm. and it still last? Yes. You can. I think so. Right. You can scale it back. I believe it's to possible. To the benefit of both parties. It'd be hard. It, I'm, I know what you're saying because the thing is between Marlon and Scott, it's really possible that um, Marlon doesn't even want to see him all the time but it, she's hooked into it because he doesn't want to see yes. her all the time. So she's... She needs desperately to see that he does want to see her all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the trick. I think you're right. Yeah. I think often the fear that the other doesn't want might trump 
your own desire to have some space. Because surely Mullen wants to hang out movement. with the chicks yeah, a bit. You yeah. know what I mean? She's not going to hate just hanging out with the girls. Yeah. It's the, it's the object permanence fear though. If I'm not there, mm. if I'm not there all the time, mm. they'll forget about me. Mm. And because she knows so little about him, then she already must have chosen him based on the insecurity that she, he would inspire yep. in her yes. because she's turned on by the insecurity in some way or another. Because yep. we all are. Well. Is that what you mean or you see something in her that... No, I just was riffing on that. I didn't, I didn't, I hadn't even like pre-calculated that one. Yeah. But just talking as, as I did just then, it seemed as if it must be that because she knows so little about him mm. and, you know, and we've been proposing that there, the, reason they're, the reason they're starting to spin away from each mm. other is because they're starting to get to know each other. So mm. what did they already know of each other? Mm. Well, they already knew enough to generate this system in which Terry wants less and Marlon wants more, mm. even though Marlon is a sociable person she gets on well with the girls, so she must at least mm. want to spend some time mm. with the girls. Mm. So therefore, if she's inspired to spend all this time with Terry mm. out of insecurity, mm. then that insecurity must have been present from the start. And if it was present from the start, then it, I would say I would claim it must have formed part of the attraction. Mm. And if it formed p- part of the attraction, then maybe it's you know th- the reason that they've reached this it's paradoxical situation. Mm is because she's attracted to the fact that it makes her insecure mm. but now that's becoming a problem and mm. she doesn't want it mm. anymore. But um, instead of giving him the flick, she's doubling down on it and trying to turn the thing that ter- turned her on in the first mm. place into, thing, into a thing that would turn her on in the next place, which would be commitment. Mm. But I think Terry was the more committed at first. That's a devil's advocate here. But yeah, I didn't see that. I mean, yeah. they were just—they just had that thing where they just came together. Yeah, in my mind. But he was like, "No, nah, I'm all for you. You're everything that I want." Yeah, but that's she yeah. was in on that too. Yeah, she left someone for him, and yeah, it's possible. I think maybe, uh, yeah, I don't know. Conversely, she may have seen in Terry some sort of devotion. She was like, wow, this guy really likes me. And now there's some doubt being brought mm. into it. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. That's true too. But I don't value as much these things where like I think people see what's going on. Yeah. In as much as they're like invested in, a, in an illusion, that's because repression lets them have the illusion, not because... Uh, the illusion is external to them. Yes. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, this idea of of a ga- like the game maintaining desire, I think, is very true, right? Like, if something's handed to you, mm. handed to you generously, you don't sort of want it so much. If you something, yeah. <laughs> Scott Thomas is his name. Oh, it's two first names. <laughs> Scott Scott Thomas family. His last name's family. No, no, I'm searching his family. Imagine if your surname was family. <laughs> That's a good surname. <laughs> wow. What's yeah. your family name? Family. Family. Yeah, what's what is that? Yeah. It's family. Yeah, family. Yeah, what's your family name? Family. Family. Well, that's like my my grandparents on my mother's side. What is it? Same. 
<laughs> Same. Yeah, S A M E. Oh my gosh. What's your last name? Oh, Fitzpatrick. What's yours? Same. Same. <laughs> oh, it's Fitzpatrick too. No, same. Same. Yeah, Fitzpatrick. <laughs> yeah, same. Same. No, mine's the same. <laughs> so wait, if you were na- you would be Sam Same. Yeah, there is a Sam Same. <laughs> <laughs> same. I love that. <laughs> Imagine if your first name was given. Mm. Given name. Mm. And what your first name was given and your surname was name. <laughs> What's a given name? Given last name name. What? That's good. <laughs> or family was your last oh, name and given is your first. I have to have an extra kid now just so I can call one of them given. <laughs> What's your first name given? What's your last? What's your family name? Family. <laughs> <laughs> given family. Have you thought of kids' names? Yeah, pickle. Pickle. Yeah. That's the name of a friend of ours' dog. But it's always been my firstborn's name. Shout out to both Melody and Pickle. Yeah. Um, really? Yeah, I don't want to say my last name, but it works so well. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, so, we had a friend of the family whose name is Pickle. His real name, Michael. Oh, right. Yeah. Hey, Michael Con. I thought about Pickle and Olive. Oh, Olive's nice. Olive's really nice. And it's named after Olivia from Love Island. Yeah, named after her. They call her Olive. Um, so Adam, uh, Adam Scott. Okay, so let me just give Scott two brothers, oh. Ryan and Adam. Mother Scarlett Jacqueline. Uh-huh. Father Teddy James. Ooh. Wait, these are they're the middle name. They they don't all have first name last names. What? That's their middle names. Theodore James Thomas. Oh no, those are nieces and nephews. Is Scott a person not of colour? His parents. Is he a person of colour? Mm. Is he Irish? Nah. He looks like he has. Oh god, have you been feeling his scalp? Do you feel <laughs> some extra bumps? <laughs> no, uh, I'm just interested. I mm. mean, the UK. It's a multicultural place. All right, let's have a look. Okay, let's talk about quickly some facts that we learned from this How Well Do You Know Your Partner game. Mm-hmm. Sophie was like, what's your favourite show, Tom? He was like, Friends. Uh, and then he was like, what's yours, Sophie? And she said, Orange is the New Black, which I loved. She's just a big, gorgeous, queer woman. Who's this? Sophie, her favourite show is Orange is the New Black. Yeah. And Tom's favourite show is Friends, which is just terrible. So it reflects lame. terribly. Yeah. Tom painted egg. Ugh. Anyway, um, Marlon was like, to Tewi, was like, what's your favourite celebrity crush? And he was like, Emma Bunton. And she was like, what the fuck? Which is Baby Spice for anyone who doesn't know. Right. I think I in that moment Marlon then. was like, that woman looks nothing like me. That's why her well, face dropped. She was like, what the fuck? No, they're both pretty thick. Uh, kind of. Baby Spice is thick. Okay, maybe. She's also just like baby blonde hair and very, very white. And Marlon's like, what? There are similarities like outside of race. What were some other facts that we had? No, they were all the they were all the interesting ones. So I mean, we, I just looked this up, and but we already actually knew this from what Scott had said to Katie is that his father is singer Dougie James, 
from the sh- soul singer from the sixties and seventies bands called Dougie James and the Soul Train. <gasps> they supported the Jackson Five <gasps> when they toured the UK. So Scott's father was a very successful soul musician. Yeah. Can we play a bit of that now? Yeah, let's have a look. Oh, um, maybe Scott's dad's music goes in this epi. Oh yeah, that's a good. That's let's find some Dougie James and the Soul. Okay, train. so Sophie and while Sammy's doing that, Sophie and Tom won this game. They knew the most about each other. And as a reward, Love Island rewards them by putting them into the pod, the Love Island pod, which is a room. That dad never stayed. That's Scott's problem. Yeah. And this house just ain't no home. Anytime she goes. Yeah, alright. I know, I know, I know. I'm gonna um parrot the great professor Bruce Robinson when I say that what we got here is a case of the super dad. All right. Ain't ain't no one ever gonna thrive under the shadow of a super dad. No. No. Mm, very difficult. Very difficult. Especially when he's like a super dad who also doesn't look after you. I mean, that's our assumption. Yeah. It's just like a stage man, you know. He a stage man. He yeah. touring. He ain't never home. Yeah. And it's interesting because maybe that's Scott's internal monologue. Ain't he's like, I need to be a gone. stage man, but he's not. Wondering if you're gonna stay. <laughs> yeah, she. Yeah, yeah. He's singing it. Yeah. Um. Well, we've got to do more on Scott. Fuck Scott. Scott and your big daddy, daddy. Mm. Mm-hmm. Just quickly though, when Tom and Sophie were in the pod and they were like, this is your reward for being for, for winning the game. You get to go in the pod and you get to speak to someone from the outside, a family member or a loved one, but you have to decide who gets that opportunity to speak to their loved one, mm-hmm. which... You and I both thought immediately just seemed like a fucking punishment. Well, they've not they, a reward. Yeah, so they've won a thing that proves that they are the couple who are most knowledgeable of each other. Yeah. And they're like, 
Sophie and Tom come to the pod for your prize and then they walk into the pod which is a dystopian looking white box with so like – Oh, it's like wearing a spaceship. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like with like louvered walls and on the backside of the louvre like like blush-coloured backlighting. That yes. It's just like a sci-fi set. Not it's like all, being in a Supre store. It's not the place where you imagine to you'll receive a prize. It's very much <laughs> the place where you imagine you'll be dematerialized or turned into sausage meat for the consumption of aliens. Or an anal probe. Yeah. yeah. And um, then a TV comes on <laughs> and text scrolls across it <laughs> and says... Sophie had to read it out because... Congratulations, <laughs> you've reached the pod. They're like, oh my God. Yeah, we're about to turn you into Soylent. <laughs> But before that happens, number one, you get to choose. You get to you get to call a, a, a friend. You can speak to the outside world, a family member, or a friend. And a at that one. moment, it really hit me how like very much in prison we they are. We will allow you. Yes, exactly. you called it an entertainment prison, which is perfect. Yes, you're allowed. You're allowed to speak to someone from the outside world. I'm pretty sure if you're in prison, you can speak to someone from the outside world every day of your life. Yeah, if true. You like. And Sophie like immediately starts crying. I mean, this is this is how held hostage they are. Yeah, maybe. they're like, oh my god. Yeah, she was so happy. Second paragraph on the screen. Second paragraph, but <laughs> you between you have to choose which of you gets to have this call. Oh, and then shit. you said, the, 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 as soon as that came up, you were like, oh, it's a punishment. It's not a reward. <laughs> it's not a reward. <laughs> Yes. It's a, it's 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 meat for a fight. Exactly. Exactly. It's just but Tom um in keeping with the protocols of courtly love goes you. immediately. It's you. You do. You. Which like good on him. What else are you going to do? Yeah, he's going to get a kiss from that and he did. Yeah. I mean, it's Love Island. Yeah. If you can't you know, if you can't um Yeah, but my thought was he knew. He was smart enough to know that if he had that conversation he'd be like, "You're right. Right. Yeah. All right. Yeah." Yeah, right, yeah. And that'd be it. He knew that Sophie would maybe have a conversation. Yeah. It would which, be wasted. But she him. didn't really. She didn't. It was so interesting. So her mum popped up on the screen, mm. tears, tears. Mm-hmm. And they seemed to, I mean, I'm sure part of it was edited out, but it was very brief, mm. I'm sure, in reality. And the only things that were communicated between them, Sophie was like, are you watching? And she said, Everything. Everybody's watching Sophie, <laughs> but she was like saying it lovingly, and Sophie was like, "Oh, you mean everything? You've seen everything?" She but said, she was happy about that. Yeah, she was happy. Yeah, happy. Sure, I'm sure that's like more conflicted than than just a plain happiness. Uh, of course, but but you're right. No one's accidentally going on this national television yeah. show. Yeah, and then she was like, and then the mum said, "We've seen everything. We saw Cupboard Gate." Which is Which when is Sophie and Tom had cupboard. sex in a cupboard, mm. and she said, "We've seen it, everything." But Sophie, you just you're smoking too much, <laughs> and that was the bit. Where Sophie was like, "Oh, damn it!" But I mean, that was literally the the content of the conversation. Mm. The mother, the mother's gaze, being like, "I have seen everything you've done." Sophie sort of quivering with terror and delight at that, mm. and then that was it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. I mean, there's a mother thing going on with Sophie. Yeah, I think there's a mother thing with every contestant. This yeah. is my, like, case formulation theory. There's got to be a well, mother thing. Well, with Scott, there's a father thing. Yes. Yes. 
Mm. Although we've not heard, yeah, we've not heard him talk about his mother, but he his has. His mother, Gail. Gail. Mm. Um, I mean, there's a mother thing and a father thing with everyone. Yeah. But we know with Zara, for instance, this strange relationship that she had with her mum that sort of got her out of the house because of her mother's illness. I think just the mother watching, the mother acts as as some sort of eternal source of shame slash element of the superego slash everything. For yeah, people. but the mother, like Sophie's mother was not at all displeased mm. with how things had gone. Mm. If I was Sophie's mother, I would be displeased. I would say, Sophie, you look like you're far from yourself. Mm. Mm. Are you okay? But they love. But she expressed all this love. She was like, she was like, "What do you think of Tom?" And the mum was like, "We love him. We love him. We love him. He looks like Richard Burton. He looks like Richard Burton, which is just not true." Let's get this Richard Burton. Well, uh, Richard Burton starred in that film that we talked about in the last episode. Who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? Oh, it's true. Married to Um, Elizabeth Taylor thrice. Who was it that said that? Uh, yeah, okay. I see. He see? does actually look... Yeah. Show me. I don't remember Richard Burton looking like a painted egg. Oh, the blue eyes, yeah. No, but also like the the, the facial contours. Mm, I see. I mean, imagine just if you blow... If you put the bicycle pump on Richard Burton's yeah. head and just if pumped it up just up. slightly and egged yeah. him up, he would, he would look like... Yeah, I, I see what you mean. Um, don't mind if I do. Don't mind if I do. Bye. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. Only darkness every day. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. It's this house just ain't no.